0: The following is a special sponsored edition of the Big Four Bio Podcast. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Big Four Bio Podcast. The COVID-19 pandemic disrupted the traditional clinical trial model and accelerated the adoption of decentralized clinical trials. Trial sponsors are embracing these new approaches as a way to improve recruitment and retention of patients, relieve the travel burden on participants, and remove geographic barriers to eligibility. The contract research organization Veristat is leveraging virtual trial tools and strategies to increase efficiencies and save sponsors time and costs. We spoke to Shaheen Lambada, Executive Vice President of Innovation and Strategy for Veristat, about the lessons it's learned during the pandemic about conducting these studies, how technology is enabling new approaches to clinical trials, and how it's forever changed how these studies are conducted. Shaheen, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We're going to talk about decentralized clinical trials, how technology is changing the way clinical trials are conducted, and the work Veristat is doing to bring the trial to the patient. Perhaps we should start with definitions. Many listeners may have heard the term decentralized clinical trials, but that may mean different things to different people. How do you think about what decentralized clinical trials are?
1: You're definitely right. I think uh, decentralized trials has many meanings to many folks. Um, a lot of people think decentralized equates to technology or virtual. Um, for myself and for our company at Veristat, decentralized trials are uh, how to enable patients to participate, and that could mean a myriad of different strategies and solutions that really enhance the patient experience. So from our perspective, Things like uh, virtual site model, or at-home nursing, or the ability to do e-consent, or collect your own patient data, uh, to name a few, are some of the areas that we would consider decentralized clinical trial solutions.
0: This was a trend that was underway, and then accelerated with the COVID-19 pandemic. The pandemic helped push regulators and sponsors to embrace decentralized trials faster than they might otherwise have, but. With the pandemic receding and the world open for business once again, how has the interest in this approach changed? Have trial sponsors seen a proof of concept and grown comfortable with them? Are they reverting to more traditional approaches, or are hybrid models emerging?
1: That's a great question. Uh, The pandemic certainly accelerated adoption of many decentralized trial solutions. Uh, Post-pandemic, there has been a slight tapering off in demand, in my opinion. Uh, I think, in theory, the industry sees the benefits, uh, but there are a few items that need to be addressed in order to obtain broad-scale adoption. That being said, at Veristat, we review each protocol to determine which DCT solution we can include to enhance the patient experience, and this is presented to our clients and is usually well-received. We've seen the emergence of a hybrid model being looked favorably upon, especially for studies we typically run which are in complex patient populations and indications, including oncology, rare diseases, and CNS.
0: What's been learned from the decentralized clinical trials that were run during the pandemic?
1: Uh, At the onset of the pandemic um, and adoption of these approaches, a number of lessons learned emerged uh, as we were all kind of navigating a new research landscape. Um, Site adoption of home health nurses is probably one of the uh, lessons learned we've all all kind of looked through. is still a consideration today when conducting a hybrid study involving a brick and mortar site. Uh, optionality becomes critical, not only for the patient, but also for, for the sites. Uh, country adoption of DCT varies. So if you're running a global trial, you'll need to understand the regulatory considerations and guidelines. And these will differ from country to country and region to region. Uh, and again, flexibility in your protocol up front really becomes critical. Another another lesson learned is data flow and collection. Um, At the onset, um, the simple task of query resolution became complicated at times. Um, Nurse one, for example, who attended an at-home visit and completed visit procedures may have missed something. A query was raised. The site coordinator could not answer the query because they were not at the visit. And nurse one had been transitioned to support a COVID outbreak and could not be reached. So it became clear that roles and responsibilities really had to be clearly defined and that a communication plan to stay in touch with the various at-home nurses was required to ensure that we could clean any type of these data queries that arose, um, you know, post, uh, po- post the nurse leaving. I'd say on a positive note, the pandemic was, proof po- uh, was a proof point for our industry, uh, which is traditionally slow to adopt new research methodologies um, or technology that decentralized trials and strategies can be deployed and can work while ensuring patient safety and data integrity. Uh, One of the key takeaways for Veristat is ensuring interoperability. Interoperability is critical between all stakeholders, specifically data collection mechanisms, be it your EDC, lab results, or ECOA. Uh, So at Veristat, we have embedded DCT solutions into the conduct of our clinical research, um, it is increased, and, and as a result, we've increased the operability yes. of the various data sources uh, to help mitigate many of the issues which result from a siloed approach. So I would say those are a number of positive things, uh, obviously the proof of, of the fact that these can work, um, and I think the few areas of, of, of challenges still remain are around uh, adoption of a site perspective and, and then data flow collection and ensuring that it's seamless.
0: As you think about the changing landscape for clinical trials, what role has technology played in enabling decentralized clinical trials?
1: Yeah, I think technology has played a significant role in enabling decentralized clinical trials, uh, from telehealth to e-consent to ePRO, eCOA, or even remote monitoring. Without a tech stack that is conducive for virtual settings, DCT would not be possible. Um, The key, as I mentioned just a minute ago, is really the interoperability of these systems to ensure a streamlined approach of your data.
0: Can you, you walk me through some of the challenges inherent in conducting a decentralized clinical study and how you approach those? Is there perhaps an example of a study you've done that you could illustrate how you address some of those challenges?
1: Yeah, I think for sure. Uh, There's a number of um, challenges that that are currently being discussed in many forums within within the uh, community. Um, Site adoption continues to be a challenge. You know, we're asking PIs to sign off on a delegation of responsibility for virtual team members, which are not necessarily a part of their core team. Uh, To overcome this, um, we've ensured optionality in the protocol, providing flexibility for the patients and the sites to really opt in or opt out. Until we have a broader adoption, I think this is really critical to ensure there is flexibility in your protocol. In addition, uh, to help resolve this particular challenge, um, we interact with the sites up front, uh, right from the beginning of the site qualification process to gain an understanding of their feelings uh, towards DCT solutions. We are sure to provide detailed onboarding process of our at-home nurses, uh, which is based on ICH GCP training, good documentation practices and also ensuring that we have experienced nurses completing the at-home process. Uh, We work to ensure the roles and responsibilities are really clear around data entry and cleaning so that uh, we don't get into issues between the site staff and the virtual staff. Um, One of the other um, challenges in the industry today is continuity of patient care. So when you're using an at-home visit model, it, it is critical to keep in mind that the nurse may not always be available for every visit. So from a patient perspective, if you think about it for a minute that's a difficult thing to comprehend. You have nurse one who attends your first visit and you build a relationship but then all of a sudden at the second visit nurse one is no longer available and a new nurse shows up. So at Veristat we've um, designed a role called the patient care manager and this particular role it really is uh, the, the connection to the patient and all the stakeholders in the study be it an at-home nurse uh, be it the study site uh, team or the principal investigator. And they're there throughout every visit of the at-home model to ensure that there's an introduction made to the nurse, to ensure that the questions may be answered by the patient or we can answer any questions of the patient or the nurse that's there. And we have found that this has given patients a much more um, a consensus or feeling around continuity of their care. Um, the last thing I would say is um, patient reported outcomes. As you look, as you start to look to virtual trials, a lot of the reported outcomes that may have been done in a clinic setting need to now be validated for an at-home setting. This is really important to think about upfront. It's very, you know, in a very difficult patient population. Uh, for a particular study that we were running, these were in children who had a very debilitating neurodegenerative disease, which impacted mobility and unfortunately um, had an average lifespan for these children of 10 years. So we all of a sudden had some hope in this community and the pandemic arose, and I was challenged to find a way to continue the trial virtually. But a lot of the key outcomes that were uh, critical to the endpoints of the study were typically done in clinic. And we had to create a validation of those particular outcomes to be done at home by training the caregiver, And creating a setting by which the clinician would be able to review the uh, caregiver conducting that particular assessment. It took time, but we were able to do it. And as a result, we were able to continue in the trial and continue to give hope to these uh, children and their families.
0: Are there particular types of studies that are better suited for a decentralized approach? What considerations should a trial sponsor make when deciding? where all or part of a study is conducted in that way?
1: I think there are some studies naturally that are more conducive for DCT settings. Those are real world evidence types of studies where you're collecting the data in a virtual manner through a wearable or through some kind of a quality of life questionnaire from the patient. But you know, I think there's a misconception out there that many folks feel that complex studies or indications cannot really accommodate DCT approaches. However, we have a number of examples. Uh, the one I described above where we have deployed hybrid models or virtual models um, uh, with, with these complex clinical trials. For example, we are running a study in an acute hospital-based study, but it's being run virtually. Um, you know, we do a lot of our complex clinical trial indications being run through hybrid settings. So you know, I think what's critical at the onset of the study design is really the protocol. Key is providing optionality. And secondly, it's really to begin to figure out where you can decouple activities that normally take place from being done in a clinic to being done at home. And then you may have to go through the validation of those particular activities to ensure that the um, endpoint or the outcome is collected appropriately. But it's really thinking through early in the design stage of a protocol where you can decouple and start creating at-home visits as opposed to those visits that need to be done in-house.
0: I know you're an advocate for planning early. Why is this important for ensuring the success of a decentralized clinical trial?
1: It takes a lot of time. Uh, Setting up all the infrastructure to conduct a virtual trial takes time. Um, There's a lot of things to consider and a lot of moving parts. Uh, Management of your resources from the at-home nurses, for example. Uh, The database setup um and all the data collection methodologies that may be utilized is critical to be thinking through to ensure that there's interoperability between all of them. Um, How you're getting material to the patients, so direct-to-patient needs, all need to be really considered carefully and upfront. And critical obviously is the design of the protocol to ensure that there's optionality for the patients and the sites to use DCT and that you can design the visits in a way that are conducive for potentially a hybrid setting. So Yeah, early planning is really, really important piece of the puzzle and really will help to ensure a smoother uh, adoption as well as um, uh, integration of the particular DCT trial or strategy.
0: In the case of rare diseases in particular, patient populations can be geographically dispersed and, and travel may be difficult for some patients and serve as a barrier to participation. What are the impacts a decentralized approach has on Issues like recruitment and retention.
1: Um, naturally, it, it right out of the gate can reduce the burden on patients uh, by, for example, designing a hybrid study where they can do some of the visits at home as opposed to having going in every single visit. Um, you know, patient recruitment, it can enhance the catchment of patients, meaning allowing you to adopt perhaps bring in a broader um, uh, a, a broader base of patients, maybe not localized to a nearby clinical trial site, especially if you can do it in a virtual setting. So that could potentially increase patient recruitment um, specifically and also patient retention. If you're reducing the burden on the patient, patients may be more open to uh, wanting to continue in on these difficult programs and studies despite the challenges they may be facing through their um, sicknesses.
0: Are there other benefits? that these trials provide? Do they provide any cost, time, or other payoffs?
1: I think that's something we're exploring. Uh, and there's some studies out there suggesting there are some um, time savings which 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 correlate to an overall cost of your development saving. Um, but I think out of the gate for myself in particular, I would say that it certainly has shown us an enhanced patient experience. Uh, it expands patient outreach, uh, enhances patient retention, um, and really gave us an opportunity to continue trials when there were so many limitations put in place as a result of COVID. So I think the overall cost and time is something that we're working through. I think it's an important piece of the puzzle in order for us to see broader adoption, to better understand what the return on investment can equate to, uh, maybe an, in a dollar value or a time value. But there are some initial studies which suggest that there are time savings as well as cost savings in addition to the other um, points that I mentioned earlier.
0: There's been growing interest in real-world data. Are we able to capture new kinds of data through decentralized trials that we might not be capturing in a more traditional setting?
1: Uh, Definitely. I think in the real-world data space enables us with now some of the functionality of wearables, um, folks being able to answer questionnaires or surveys on their phone, um, leveraging things like if they are wearing a wearable, what their tremor rate might look like. For example, if you're looking at some types of CNS diseases, certainly there's now more options for us to collect different data in the real world setting as a result of the decentralized trial approaches and the virtual way in which we can now collect data. So so I think, again, the key is around um, interoperability of whatever mechanism you are utilizing to collect that data to ensure that that the data can speak to the appropriate source and, and also be aggregated in a way for it to be reviewed appropriately.
0: How unique is Veristat in its approach to decentralized clinical trials? Is there anything that distinguishes it from others conducting these types of studies?
1: I think there's a few things at Veristat that we feel, you know, differentiates us. I think first and foremost, um, decentralized clinical trials are the way we now work. So we define decentralized trials as patient enabling solutions. Each protocol that comes through the door, we review to try to understand how to apply a patient centric, patient focused approach and strategy to the conduct of the study. We do that in the context of understanding the endpoint that we're collecting, how we're going to be designing the database to report those particular outcomes, how we'll maybe be monitoring those particular data points, uh, data points. And all that's done with the lens of a decentralized approach built in. So I think that's one of the key differentiators. In addition, the interoperability of all of these data sources and of all of the services is really critical. At Veristat, it's not a silo division that's outside of the conduct of our operations. It's built into the way we work. Going forward uh, for the the last few years, it is the way we work. We try to apply decentralized trials into everything that we do. Um, Specifically on the virtual site side of the table, I believe our patient care manager is an interesting and unique model where we are able to provide patient continuity. We have heard from patients and from sites that they find it extremely beneficial. Um, for patients to feel more connected to the program because there are various stakeholders that, particu- that that you could speak with in a decentralized model uh, but there's always one consistent and that is our patient care manager um, so I think those are some of the key areas in addition to obviously our digital media strategies or remote monitoring capabilities that we're able to perform as well
0: as you think about the future of clinical trials, how do you see decentralized clinical trials changing the way studies are conducted?
1: I actually see them already beginning to change the way studies are being conducted. Um, When I'm on calls with sponsors and we start talking about ways we can utilize decentralized trial strategies to better optimize the patient experience, there's a lot of nodding heads on the other side of the table. We're starting to see more of an adoption of hybrid studies. We are starting to see more an adoption of technology in terms of collection of data endpoints. Um, so I definitely feel decentralized clinical trials will continue to impact the way we work. I think it will truly be become a patient-centric focused um, methodology, enabling us to really provide the patients with enhanced experience, allowing more flexibility for patients to participate, and ultimately getting us to the end point of bringing drugs to market for patients in need.
0: Shaheen Lambada, Executive Vice President of Innovation and Strategy for Veristat. Shaheen, thanks for your time today.
1: Appreciate it, Danny. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. The Big Four Bio Podcast is brought to you by Big Four Bio, leading aggregator service of four of the top life sciences centers in the world, Boston, San Diego, Philadelphia, and the San Francisco Bay Area. To subscribe for free to Big Four's daily newsletters, go to BigFourBio.com. This podcast is produced by the Levine Media Group for Big Four Bio. Our theme music is provided for the podcast by the Jonah Levine Collective and appears on the album Attention Deficit by Alpha Pup Records.